Gibbons Leads is back, and we are super excited to kick off season two with our first guest, Gary Myrell. Gary is the director of outreach at Cardinal Gibbons and is a prime example of what it truly means to be a servant leader. His love of Gibbons combined with his love of service has provided our school with rich and abundant opportunities to serve others inside and outside of the Gibbons community. Gary has helped continue the legacy of outreach at Gibbons through growing and deepening our relationships with the organizations that we serve and have served for many years. He's also expanded outreach opportunities to parents, educators, and even alumni, engaging them in service even after their time here. We are really, really grateful for the time that we spent with this humble, loving, and generous man, and we hope that you enjoy listening to his leadership journey and his unique perspective as much as we did. What's going on, everybody? This is Brent Nolan. Welcome to season two of Gibbons Leads. We're back. Uh, I'm here with Miss Gabby Byrne. And our first guest for season two is Gary Myrell, class of 1982, director of our outreach program. A number of things uh, that we're going to talk through today. Gary, we're going to open it up. Uh, as an alumni of 1982, can you give us a glimpse of what Gibbons was like back then? Maybe how it's changed to now, maybe how it hasn't changed. First of all, thanks for the uh, invitation to be part of uh, this conversation. Um, the fact that we're even having a conversation and doing a podcast speaks volumes about how things have changed. Uh, I still do have my iPod um, that I listen to from time to time. And uh, like technology, uh, Gibbons has changed significantly, but yet is still rooted in the mission that uh, I fell in love with as a student back in the early 80s. My graduating class, class of 82, we had 52 graduates. Every member of the senior class went on retreat together. Um, we, most of our students were, uh, played two or three sports because we had to in order to be able to keep the athletic program <laughs> up and running. Yeah, it's, it's, it was small, it was intimate, um, but uh, at the same time, uh, it was that same family that I still experience today, even in the larger Edward Mill campus uh, and Edward Mill community that we have. So uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of things that are different, um, but uh, when you look back at the, at the roots of our school community and the, the mission, um, that has been woven into the fabric of who we are as a Gibbons community. Awesome, and um, coming back now, working here, it's not your first time. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's actually my third time uh, here at Cardinal Gibbons as a member of the, uh, as, a, the, the as, as an educator. Taught here in 1986, 87 for one year uh, and had the very good fortune to, uh, uh, to be able to have as students of mine, um, folks like uh, Chris Kempel, uh, current art teacher here at Gibbons, Mike Rogosich. Uh, Vice Principal of uh, Student Engagement, uh, Susan Lee, Alumni Director. Uh, wow, and it's just, awesome. it's really cool for me to be able to be able to, to call them not just uh, colleagues, but friends uh, as we've continued to uh, grow our relationships over the course of time. Um, I came back in 2011. Um, at the time I was working for the Zaverian Brothers sponsored schools basically doing some consulting 
work for 13 Catholic high schools up and down the East Coast. But one of the things that I came to realize working on a national and regional level is that the, the more I was doing that, the further away I was from my passion. And that passion was working with young people uh, and being in a school community. I would go in and out of schools to give them guidance and direction, um, but then I would leave. And you would sort of hope and wonder, you know, did what we talk about stick? Did it, did it, did it take? Did it change? Did it matter? Um, and it's really not until you're in the midst of a community that you're in the trenches with people day in and day out that you really realize what truly matters. And so 2011, I had the uh, opportunity, set up an invitation uh, to, to talk with Mr. Jason Curtis, principal at the time, and uh, express my interest in wanting to come back. Uh, my mom and dad still live here in the, in the Triangle area, and uh, it was an opportunity to be a little closer to them at the same time. Worked out great. So... Glad to be here and now to be in this role as Director of Outreach, having accepted the torch that Miss Agnes Penny passed on to me uh, and uh, to be able to uh, continue the legacy that she began in our outreach program is an amazing honor and a gift on a daily basis. Well, that's incredible. And, and I know that, you know, Mr. Nolan and myself, we both had the opportunity to interact with Agnes um, when she was here through service. Um, and we know, you know, she, she left behind an incredible legacy and, and you, you've picked that up and it's really exciting that you're back here and you're getting to do what you love, which is incredible. So talk to me a little bit about why is outreach your passion? Why is, why is that your thing? Why doing that with students? Why does that bring you so much joy? You know, I, I think it's, I think it's rooted in my own experience as a student when I was a junior at, at Gibbons, uh, outreach was very, very different than it is today. Um, we were all required to do a project um, to sort of check the box. And uh, I had transferred to Gibbons from Charlotte Catholic my, from my sophomore to junior year and wasn't as connected to the community as a lot of other people were. And so I remember sitting down with my theology teacher at the time, Sister Mary Neal, and uh, said, you know, Sister, what, what, what should I do? You know, I... I I just really, I don't even know where to begin. And she began by asking all the right questions. You know, what are your gifts? What are your talents? What do you love to do? And at that time, I had just learned to, uh, to, to, to juggle uh, a skill that continues to serve me well even today. Literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, no. not juggle things. Literally juggle. <laughs> literally juggle. Yeah, literally juggle. Correct. <laughs> uh, I, learned to, I learned to juggle. I learned to ride a unicycle. Um, I was actually considering the possibility of joining uh, and, and applying to the Ringland Brothers Barman Bailey Clown Circus wow. uh, College at the time. Wow. Uh, and uh, Sister Mary Neal encouraged me to use my juggling um, in service of others. And that, inv that, that invitation to, to consider that led me to go over to Rex Hospital and to talk to their volunteer coordinator there. And um, as a result of that conversation, my alter ego persona, Giggs the Clown, was born, and I would walk through the halls, literally going from room to room in a pediatric ward, entertaining children, uh, juggling, making balloon sculptures, not riding the unicycle necessarily through the halls, but it just became part of who I was. Uh, it became second nature at that point in time when I came to realize that, it was, that service was all about using your gifts and talents in service of others. That when you're doing it, when you're using, when you're doing that, it's it's, it's very easy because you're tapping into your own passions. You're tapping into things you like. You're not doing it because you're forced to. You're doing it because you want to, because you love doing it. 
an awesome story, and I've, I've you know look forward to the time when maybe we can whip out those tricks once again in the, in the lobby and, and show other people kind of some of the other stuff that you do, which is really cool to hear. Um, it's really awesome to hear that it was an educator in your life that kind of steered you and guided you during you know your high school years, and I feel like that's one of the reasons that I know Mr. Nolan and I both enjoy doing what we do is being in high school is such a formational point of your life and having the right people around you to guide you and kind of push you and help you and mentor you is really important because it ends up helping you find kind of where you want to be and where you want to, where you want to live and how you want to live and what's important to you. Um, what advice would you give a student, you know, that's searching for that person um, that maybe doesn't have that person in their life to give them that guidance? How would you encourage our students to, to go out there and find those people that can help guide them into where it is that they need to end up? It's a great question. Um, I, I, I have to believe, and, as I'm, and I'm thinking for myself as a father of three young adult daughters, uh, that everybody has that person or those people in their life. They just haven't identified them as such at this point in time. And one of the easiest ways to know if if an educator or an adult in one's life can serve as a mentor, it's just by beginning to have conversation with that person, to, to attend a club meeting after school, uh, to, uh, um, to, to be part of a, an athletic team, you know, where you spend time with those adults above and beyond the time you spend with them in a classroom. It's in spending time with those people that you begin to realize that they have shared passions that you have, that they are humans too, that, um, that, that have interests and needs and, and, and that it becomes a real give and take at that point in time. But uh, it has to be intentional. You have to be willing to sit down and be a part of those conversations, be a part of those activities that allow you to recognize that that person might just be that person who could influence you and inspire you along the way. So it's 2020, mm. uh, we're here in school at 50% capacity, yeah. which is amazing. It is. It's, it's, uh, I think we're all really appreciative that we're not doing everything behind Zoom and definitely feel fortunate. But a lot of our programs have had to sacrifice because of that. And you can't build a house for Habitat for Humanity, for humanity through Zoom. How has it been for our outreach program? What are some of the challenges you face? How are you doing with all that? And, and could you just share kind of what it's been like on that front? Yeah, I have to say it's um, it's been frustrating in many ways um, because outreach at its core is very relational. And so the fact that we're not able to be in the presence of those that we serve as often, if at all, as we would like, can be very frustrating. Uh, we, we know why that's the case. We understand it. Um, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. Uh, when you want to be spending your Thursday afternoon and at the beginning and beyond child development center tutoring kids, or when you want to be at the Habitat for Humanity build site, helping the core volunteers uh, and the future homeowners build the homes um, that they are so excited to be building. But one of the things that we've done, uh, and I'm really proud of, 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 our, of our efforts and the, ed and the other educators in the building that have assisted, is to just to try to find ways that we can continue to serve the organizations that we're in relationship with. To remain in relationship with those organizations so that when we do take our masks off, 
when they do open their doors again, they're going to welcome us back. So, you know, on Mondays when we usually have 14 or 15 student volunteers go into the Shepherd's Table Soup Kitchen, we now have four adult volunteers. The core team at the Shepherd's Table Soup Kitchen knows that Cardinal Gibbons High School cares about them just as much today as they did on March the 13th. Um, that hasn't changed. Uh, the folks at Habitat for Humanity, we did a kickoff yesterday, uh, would usually have taken place at the site where the house is being built. Obviously, it was done virtually by way of a Zoom. As a result of that, uh, we had 55 people that were on that Zoom call, including myself and three Gibbons students who were present in attendance, two at home and one here at, on campus that, uh, that attended. Um, and again, Habitat for Humanity knows that Cardinal Gibbons High School loves and appreciates the work that they're doing just as much today as we did back in March. So those things haven't changed. And um, we're going to continue to find ways to be creative and innovative to serve those communities and to help them along their way. Just really look forward to that day where we can rejoin those organizations and those communities in partnership with them. Definitely. And I think, you know, it says a lot about your leadership and your willingness to pivot and adjust and you know, find a way um, to make sure that these organizations get served and however we can during this hard time. And I know that with everything going on, this has really been kind of a, a petri dish really for, for leadership. It's a really challenging time for leaders, but it's also a great opportunity for leaders to really step up and lean into some of the challenges and, and finding new and creative ways to do the things that we set out to do. What advice or, or maybe what gets you up in the morning and what keeps you going when, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, things are constantly changing and we're having to pivot and there's so much uncertainty. As a leader, how do you, how do you get up in the morning and, and see that through, even though you know that there's a lot of things that are kind of out of your control? Well, I, I'll say this. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed in the sense that I'm a morning person by nature. So waking up in the morning uh, is not that difficult uh, for me to begin with. When I'm up, I'm, I'm up and I'm ready to go. I know that for some people, uh, the energy that I bring at 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning can be a little bit over the top, um, but uh, I'm not one to, uh, to apologize for that by any stretch of the imagination. And I think that sort of stems just out of my, out of my desire and my, my understanding that um, you know, we're, we're called to make the most of every opportunity that we have. There are a lot of things that are out of our control. I think that's one of the things we've learned this, these last several months more than anything else. Um, yesterday uh, at our, at our at faculty meeting, I, I used a variety, a, a version um, uh, of the serenity prayer, you know, that, you know, you know, Lord, grant me the serenity to be able to accept the things I cannot change. You know, and there's, there's a lot of things we can't change right now, you know, but there's a lot of things that we that we can. And so we need to be able to embrace those things, you know, and one of the things that we can change and, and that we have control of is our is our attitude and, and our approach to what's going on around us. And uh, we can react to things that are happening or we can respond to those things, the things that are happening. And I'm I've always been much more of a response person. How can we respond to the needs of what's going on around us? How can we respond to the needs of our students, whether they be at home or whether they be here on campus in person? Uh, how can we respond to the needs of our parents who are, who are frustrated because of, of what's going on maybe within their own, their own lives? Um, how can we be as a, attentive to those needs? And um, one of my philosophies in life is see a need, fill a need. You know, and if I can see it, if I can recognize it, if I, again, if I have the ability to be able to respond to that need, then I feel like I have a responsibility 
to be able to then move forward and act on behalf of those individuals that I'm recognizing. And uh, it can be exhausting to do that because the needs are just all around us. But at the same time, you know, how do we then inspire others and encourage others to also recognize their own responsibility, their own ability to respond to the needs that are around us at the same time? I think our leadership style at Gibbons gravitates towards servant leadership. Yes. And um, when I think of servant leadership, the first name that pops in my head is Gary Myro. Absolutely. I was just thinking after he's talked, spoken like a true servant leader. <laughs> yeah. Um, was that something that you developed that you, it took you time to get to or, or to realize about yourself or how did you come to today and the leadership style that you have? Growing up, um, and even in my adult life, um, I've not wanted to stay in one place. Um, I've moved, growing up, as in my first 18 years, uh, we lived in uh, uh, five different states, four, four different, uh, I went to four different high, three different high schools in four years. Um, and then I went off to Loyola College uh, in Baltimore and did four years there. Um, when I look at all the places that, that I've lived and all the schools that I've attended, there's always have been people in my life that I found myself gravitating towards. People that um, had very similar values, had very similar uh, energy levels, uh, had very, very similar philosophies in life. I don't know. I, 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 I just, I, I've always found myself gravitating towards people that have more of an others-centered mentality, not a self-centered mentality, not people that are always looking to take care of themselves first. Um, whether it was, uh, I'm thinking of folks like uh, Monsignor John Wall, uh, Father Jerry Sherba, um, obviously Sister Mary Neal, my mom and dad to a great extent, you know, some, some amazing folks, one of the dire directors of youth ministry uh, here in the Diocese of Raleigh at the time, uh, Gary Jello. Uh, who's now a superintendent of Catholic schools in West Palm Beach, Florida. You know, individuals who just were, were always encouraging not just me, but others to, to put the needs of others first. And uh, I don't know, I, I just think that when you allow your, when you allow your spirit to, and, and, and your person to, to marinate in, in those juices, uh, you, it just becomes a part of who you are and becomes that much more easier to share with others in the process. That's very cool. And I think that's really important. You know, as educators, we have to recognize how much our example plays a role in informing these students. So whether it's, you know, in the classroom or running a club or being a coach, all those little things, our actions really speak much more loudly than our words. And, and just remembering that, that that's what we're here to do is be an example of, of servant leadership. And you're a great example of that. I've, you've been an example of that for I think, both of us. Um, and, you know, I think our students are really fortunate to be able to have that example. Um, in their lives. You know, I think back to some of the service experiences I had when I was here, you know, some of the most memorable ones for me personally were going to the soup kitchen um, and hearing, you know, Agnes was here doing service when I was a student here. And I remember going into the chapel and, you know, just her telling us about what we were about to experience. And I think oftentimes you think about service and you think about joy, but you also don't realize that sometimes it's some of the discomfort that you experience through giving and, and having some of those interactions with, with people in need that are probably more formational than just the giving itself. Um, 
And so going to the soup kitchen was actually really hard for me. It was a, it was a tough experience to be able to act, just really see those people um, live in front of me. Um, and that was really formational for me as a person. I'm sure as the outreach director, you get to witness that formation a lot in our students. Do you have a story or a time or an example where you kind of saw how our service program has formed our students here at Gibbons? Anything that comes to mind? Well, I, I, I'm thinking of two in particular. Um, uh, I'm thinking of uh, a, a young man who uh, graduated a couple years back, his name Joey Taff. Uh, Joey, I think, was class of 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Joey, uh, his, his sophomore year, you know, a little bit involved, but not a whole lot. And then junior year, uh, started attending um, um, beginning to be on Child Development Center tutoring program on Thursday afternoons. And uh, by the time his uh, junior year came to an end, I remember him coming and approaching me and saying, hey, Mr. Meyer, I think I want to be a, a leader of that program my senior year. And, uh, and, and he did. He was an exceptional leader his senior year uh, with um, a couple of his classmates. Joey is now a, a sophomore at Boston College University and uh, doing some amazing things. Uh, and one of the things that he's really involved with up at, up at Boston College is he's a leader in their Habitat for Humanity program. Uh, and while he didn't necessarily get an experience of Habitat for Humanity here at Gibbons until his senior year, he got that taste in his mouth that said, hey, this is something I want to continue to do. And um, to, to see him take a leadership role as a freshman in college because of something that was provided for him as a senior in high school, uh, to watch him be formed and transformed into a student leader, uh, into a servant leader. Um, to me, I think it's one of the great gifts, you know, being a part of a Catholic high school. You know, um, one of the things I've learned as a Catholic uh, and, and in my faith is that sometimes we're called to help people recognize uh, that that, that we're, we're sometimes, sometimes in life we have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. That, that's not always easy for folks because we always want to be comforted. You know, we always want to feel comfortable in, in the situation that we're in. But uh, uh, as you alluded to, Gabby, sometimes you got to be willing to be uncomfortable uh, and allow yourself to be formed by that experience, recognizing that uh, some of the greatest gifts, you know, come from those moments that we're not anticipating uh, and where we allow ourselves to let our guard down a little bit. And so uh, Joey's a great example of it. Uh, I think the, the students who started the Beginning to Beyond tutoring program, um, it was a group of, they were freshmen when they, they had the, their first introduction to the program. And uh, at the end of their freshman year, they said, hey, we want to go back. And so sophomore year, they started going with about six or seven people. And by the time they graduated as seniors, we were taking 25, 30 people. Uh, every Thursday to tutor the kids at Beginning and Beyond. And so just, you know, knowing that those opportunities are there to be able to allow service opportunities and uh, the experiences that we have, the relationships that we build uh, through the service that we provide to, to shape who we are, um, I think that's one of the hallmarks of our Gibbons educational experience. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't remember my outreach experience when I was here. I know when I've gone back to Shepherd's Table, it wasn't the first time I'd been there, but that memory just doesn't um, jump to my head. What I remember is meeting Agnes Penny and seeing Agnes Penny on and 
her enthusiasm for the people that she was bringing into whatever experience she had, as well as just the, the relationship she had with our partners. Um, that's what I remember. I don't remember exactly where I was. And I, I see so much of that with you still, but, but that's my memory. My memory is more so about that person that I, that I crossed paths with more so than the experience that I had. And I, I was thinking because you asked that question, I wasn't sure how I would answer because that's that's what it was for me. And, and what a blessing for our school to to have had Agnes for the many years that we did, um, in, in the in the in the role that she was in. One of the things I came to realize in my year that I spent with her as I transitioned into the role is that for her, the people that we were serving were members of her extended family. Uh, that's how close that she had become with them. She was out in the community four days a week, on campus one day a week. She was probably closer to the people that she served than she may have even been to people in, many of the people in the building um, because of only having the opportunity to be here one day a week. And while we're not, we don't have that same opportunity this year, uh, I know that, uh, that, that the model that we have here at Gibbons for outreach works. Not because of... Um, any one person, but because of the relationships that we provide our students and our parents and our educators and our alumni the opportunity to have with those that we serve. I always tell the students, I said, this is an entry-level experience for you at the Shepherd's Table Soup Kitchen. This is an entry-level experience for you at Habitat for Humanity. We're introducing you to these organizations, to these people, so that you then have the opportunity to say, I want to go back. If you liked it, if you loved it, if you want to do it again, those opportunities are there and you can do that on your own. We're at the Shepherd's Table Soup Kitchen 52 Mondays of the year. As long as they're open on a Monday, we've got representatives from the Gibbons community there. And um, that's been the case even during these COVID times um, when we have at least four volunteers there every day, every Monday, preparing and serving a meal that gets served curbside to, the, uh, to, the, to our friends. Last Monday, we served 195 people that came through looking for a hot meal and we were we were blessed to have the opportunity to provide it and it was Gibbons alumni parents who were there giving back after their kids had already graduated from Gibbons wanting to be a part of that experience so you know Agnes was obviously a great example she paved the way for an incredible outreach program um, she planted a lot of seeds that we're seeing now have grown into some really incredible trees and that now you're part of this kind of legacy that she's left behind and at some point you will leave something behind as well what do you see for the future of outreach how do you want to see it grow and evolve moving forward what opportunities do you see for outreach in the future that's a that's a really that's a really good question i i I think one of the i'll just speak to one of the ways that i just alluded to it indirectly one of the ways that i have tried to grow the program in the last three years has been moving it beyond just a student program, providing opportunities for our alumni to be able to serve, be it at the Shepherd's Table Soup Kitchen, Habitat for Humanity, being intentional and providing parents with an opportunity to engage with one another through serving at, uh, at, at various different locations um, and having a, a, a parent engagement program allows for that to happen. Uh, in a very natural way, providing opportunities for our educators, you know, through our Educators Day of Service, but also throughout the year 
whether it be through a team that's going to go to one of our service partners and serve them. You know, last year, Ms. Sininsky, our dance teacher, took members of our dance program to Beginning and Beyond, not to tutor kids, but to teach them some dance moves and to do something outside the box. You know, And so I think that the more we introduce people in our community to the people that we're in relationship with, I think the more individuals are able to then dream about ways that they can serve without it being something that Mr. Myro or Miss Penny just said we needed to do it. And, you know, allowing folks to be able to be innovative and creative and to recognize their own desires and passions. Uh, to me, that's, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I would love to work myself out of a job, you know, so that it's not being led by any one person, but it's owned so much by members of the community that it happens very naturally and generically and organically. Um, and we're getting closer and closer to that day, absolutely. But definitely closer than we were three years ago. Whew. Well, I could sit here for four hours and, uh, and keep hearing stories from you, but, but Mr. Myrill, Gary, uh, you're inspirational to work with. Um, can't say enough great things about you. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of time with us. And uh, we'll look forward to talking more soon. Sounds good. Go Gibbons.